Hello, welcome to uh, another episode of Talk Now, Cry Later, the podcast. Today we uh, we have a guest. We have a, a very special guest, and uh, his name is Riley. Riley is uh, Riley has perfect posture. <laughs> he uh, what else? He has he has an exceptional haircut and really really strong legs. <laughs> he's, he's, he's part of the the good guys club i know this to be true and uh yeah he's he's a he's a winner and um i feel like there, there's there's more to say i feel like i might be able to go to go on and on he, he also riley does also have a podcast and by having a podcast i mean one single podcast <laughs> a single episode one episode and i have i have listened to it and it is what inspired me to go out and buy these microphones so so thank you for that and i'm sure he will touch on it but um yeah riley tell us uh, a little bit about your about yourself and um welcome yeah thank you uh what an introduction um i didn't really know i my leg, you know, my, the strength of my legs is all that important, but, uh, so, so Steve J Steve told me one time, he said that Riley said that, uh, strong legs are the new biceps. Well, yeah. Quads are the new biceps. There it is. Yeah. That's, that's what I heard. So no, that's the word on the street. It um, is. It's the word around town. And, and I've taken note and I see, wow, Riley clearly has strong trunks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I take pride in just going heavy on leg day and I mean, holding up that straight back, man, like the posture <laughs> thing started with, I think just one time in a meeting I was sitting there and Steve goes, Oh, like you have great posture. And now every time I'm in a meeting with Steve, you better believe I'm sitting up. You know what I mean? Like I had to keep that reputation. It's not like I naturally, like I still have a desk job. I'm slouching all day long. <laughs> like, that's not in my normal state. It's a great reputation. And it's, uh, it's, <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy for you. Yeah, it started with Steve J. So, anyway, yeah, I um, I don't know. I mean, do you you think I should just tell my story, or how does this normally? That's kind of how we do yeah. it. Um, I mean, maybe maybe Drew can give some. No, yeah, just a kind of a not like a full life story, but a quick like summary of uh, how you were introduced to alcohol, drugs, whatever your <clears throat> vice was, and. Uh, kind of how it led you to recovery and what recovery has been like for you and um, kind of how that, how that brought you here today, how yeah. it gave you that great posture. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is the result of all these years of sobriety. Uh, no, I, uh, yeah, so I'm um, from Kansas City and um, had a pretty normal childhood and everything's hunky-dory and I think I was... Uh, I was thinking today, I don't think I, I like had my first drink probably around like 11, like 10 or 11, but I had my first drunk when I was 12. I remember it was right after the summer after sixth grade. And like, I knew that alcohol made other people, uh, feel different. And I wanted to feel different really bad. Um, and so I just, uh, emptied out a water bottle and filled it up with vodka and, took it up to my room and slugged it down just warm vodka straight up and I found love man I fucking I mean I loved it it made me feel like I could breathe for the first time in my life and like things didn't matter and it's not like I don't know 
not like I had that many problems. I just didn't, I didn't feel whole. I didn't feel complete. I just felt like you all got this handbook on how to live life or how to be happy. And I didn't get it. And uh, anyway, so yeah, I got drunk and I didn't throw up, definitely passed out and woke up the next morning and was like, that's it, man. That's the key to life. I'm doing this every day for the rest of my life. And, um, I don't know that I really did, but, um, yeah, basically just kept, um, drinking and I found out that drugs were a little easier to find than booze at, at a young age. So I started doing that, did that through high school, found out that, um, you know, a couple pills make me feel the same way as, you know, a few drinks and, so it just progressed and really at the end of the day, I looking back, like I just kind of think it really didn't matter what it was. I, I don't really have a preference. I just didn't want to feel the way I feel right now. Um, you know, girls came into the equation. It's like, okay, well, I'm, this makes me feel good. So I'm going to keep doing that. So I pretty much always had a girlfriend or someone I'm talking to. Cause again, like I just didn't want to feel my baseline. And I think, um, I just chased that to the end of the world. And it really kind of came crashing down. I got sober when I was 17 years old. I was a senior in high school and uh, had been doing some hallucinogenic drugs. And it, uh, I guess, just caught up to me. Kind of um, looking back, I realized I slipped into a chemical-induced psychosis. Not I, w- I had stopped doing um, acid and um, for a few months and then... It was right around fall time, my senior year, that uh, just psychosis slipped in. I thought people were watching me and following me and all these crazy delusions of grandeur. And um, basically, it came to a point where I'm, I'm just speaking gibberish. And uh, my parents are like, what is going on? And took me to a psych ward. And so I stayed there for about 10 days. And... Um, kind of kind of thought out a little bit but to be honest with you I really was still really far out there um and I kind of expressed to some of the I guess workers at the psych ward kind of some of the stuff I was doing as far as drugs and alcohol and expressed a, a desire to stop not even to stop I wanted to be happy without it without drugs and alcohol and um so I basically get discharged and start seeing this therapist and he recommends me to this treatment program and, um, crossroads. I'm sure it's been talked about on the podcast a lot, but I just showed up there and saw a ton of young people that seemed happy and were allegedly sober. I didn't really believe it at first cause they're a little wacky. Uh, but I said, okay, I'll give it a shot. And I didn't really know I was getting sober. Like I didn't, I didn't know that was a plan. I just like, okay, well I guess I'm doing this now. And, uh, Thank God I did, and it worked out for me. And I, I really uh, feel like I came into my own there. And it took me about maybe six months to really come back to reality because I was just so far gone. And not like I thought people were following me, but it took a long time for uh, some of the psychosis symptoms to go away. Um, but I get sober, and I'm not really doing anything, right? Like I'm, I went to outpatient and got a sponsor, and I'm kind of doing the deal, but not really. And it came to a point right around my six months sober where I'm just dry and I'm miserable. And, um, I'm thinking about taking my own life and I'm thinking about 
I don't want to drink, but I want to drink. I just wanted God to send me a parachute of vodka, have it land on my lap because I, I didn't want to do it myself. And all this shit came crashing down. So basically what happened was I sat down with my sponsor and told him everything I'd been lying about, everything I was doing, wasn't doing. And uh, we put together a plan of like, all right, this is what we're going to do now. We're going to work the steps and we're going to be accountable to other people and we're going to be honest. And um, man, it worked out. Who would have thought that the steps uh, can change your life, right? And so as soon as I made that decision to like really be all in on the steps, I, I get a sponsee and I get this job and things are starting to fall into place. And I just learned really quickly, like, it's really not that complicated. It's really not that hard. If I just do the work, I need to be working the steps, write an inventory, do six and seven. I'm making amends and my life just gets wonderful. And it really hasn't stopped being wonderful since. Um, there's been, you know, ups and downs and a lot of trials and, um, but man, I'm so lucky. Like I just feel like the luckiest guy ever to, to be me every day. Um, and I don't really feel like I deserve it sometimes, but, um, so I guess it's my job to continue to do what I'm doing and kind of pass it along to the next guy. Cause there's going to be another guy that is going through similar, similar shit to me and, um, you know, give away what I was given, right? Like there was a lot of people that I wasn't very nice, easy to be nice to when I was so first getting sober, right? Like some random kid walks in and he's talking about decoding license plates and you're like just trying to get sober yourself um so i just you know whenever there's a newcomer that might not be particularly you know easy to hang out with or easy to talk to like i just do my best to to be that guy for them because there's a lot of guys for me that did that and um so anyway i think that's a short synopsis of what happened and what it's like now so there you go Beautiful. Well put. Great message. You know, they say if it's uh, if it's not inconvenient, then it's not service. Mm. And uh, yeah. I've been finding myself in very inconvenient situations lately. <laughs> and somehow yeah. I come out on the other end feeling a lot better. Yeah. And sometimes I'm drained and I don't think I have the energy, but somehow, some way I'm given that energy by doing. And it's like, it just gets easier and easier. But, you know, I've heard... I've heard a lot of, uh, uh, I've heard a tale from somebody else that, um, told me about the, a time where you were of maximum service to, to them or to somebody. And it involves, uh, pancakes Hmm. late night at IHOP. Mm -hmm. Would you, would you please share this experience? (laughs) Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. So there's this guy that I actually knew him, um, briefly, uh, before I got sober and, um, so he comes into crossroads and I have, um, I guess I probably got about a year and a half at that point and, um, a little bit less than that. And anyway, he comes in and I just want it for him, man. Like I want him to get sober. He wants it to, um, he was kind of on the fence. He had come back, uh, from college for winter break and was just kind of checking out crossroads. And I'm like, you should do it, man. Like, I know like you want to go back to college. It's a lot of fun, but like, your life's in shambles, dude. So you really should give this a shot. And, um, he's him and Han. And anyway, he came to the meeting. We're going to wear IHOP after the meeting and just hanging out and they have unlimited pancakes and we walk in and we're like, all right, what's the, what's the max, you know, <laughs> give it to me. What, what's the maximum number of pancakes eaten on these unlimited? And she's like, 
Uh, it was 15. And um, kind of jokingly, I turned to him. I go, if I eat 15 pancakes, will you consider doing outpatient, like, you know, doing the deal and getting sober? And he's like, yeah, man, you know, sure. Not really thinking I was actually going to do it. And um, yeah, I I, uh, I ate 14 and three quarters pancakes before I threw up. And uh, that's the only time I've thrown up in sobriety, believe it or not. But uh, he joined outpatient the next week. Wow. And um, I don't really think that was my doing. I think it was just kind of an event that no, happened. That's just a great story. <laughs> yeah, that's dude. so funny. But yeah, 14 and three quarters is my max. I'm trying to work back up to that. You can get there. Yeah. I mean, you need the fuel for those giant legs. <laughs> yeah, dude. You know, I mean, these things burn a lot of calories, so a lot of pancakes. So, and also, if you, I mean, tell us about it. So, how old are you now? I'm 24 now, so 24. I'm coming up on seven years. Coming up November. on seven. In yeah. November, November what? November 19th, 2015. Okay. okay. I'm the ninth. November 9th? Yeah. Wow. Yes, 11, sir. 9. What year? Uh, 18. Okay. Yeah. 11, 9, 18. November. Great, great month. A lot what of a lows. Weird, what a weird time to get. So, like, you're going in. So, so by the time I had two years, I had already been through three Thanksgivings and three mm. Christmases. Yeah. So it's kind of an awkward. Oh, dude, my first phase. my first holidays were brutal. Me I too. had six days sober on Thanksgiving. Yep. And my whole family's there. Actually, no, I had sent some like really heinous things to my mom. She didn't even show up to her own family's Thanksgiving. No, <laughs> yes, dude. And no one's drinking, and it's silent like the whole time. And I, yeah, I caused a lot of wreckage. So that's on me. Wow. Um, but it was brutal. And then that Christmas still didn't make things better with my mom. She actually, she like dropped off a couple of presents for me at my rehab and my dad, I was living with my dad at the time. And, uh, so she drops off the presents at rehab. My dad's out of town with his new wife. And, uh, so it's just, I take these presents home and open them alone in the dark <laughs> on what? Christmas day. Dude, it was so sad. Uh, so sad, but it's my own creation. You know? So I'm hoping a lot has changed since yeah. that Christmas. Yes, dude. Christmases uh, are good today. Christmases are really good. I get to show up. I get to be of service. My mom actually wants to see me. Um, <laughs> I was just, here's the thing, man. Like I, you know, I just wrecked so many relationships yep. just doing exactly what I wanted to do. Always saying what was on my mind, which is for anyone listening, a terrible idea. Uh, and so, yeah, she was just done with it and it's taken a lot of work to build up a relationship and, and mend that. And I think that's really important, but Man, it was brutal. I think getting sober right around the holidays is uh, very tough. Very it tough. Is. And dude, I say all the things I said about you in the beginning because if you looked at Riley today, you wouldn't believe any of it. What do you mean? <laughs> you you do not look like the kind of guy who has a story of sitting alone opening presents <laughs> on your 17th birthday. You look like you've been taken oh. care of since the very beginning and you've never had a a hard day, which is a compliment. You look yeah, great. No, you look like you're, you. like sobriety has done wonders in your life to a point where it's almost not believable, which is why it's so great for like the new person who's still just in their 30 days, how they, how they can tap into that person with two days. Yeah. Because us, a lot of times new guys can't even relate. Like they don't even buy that we're screwed up. Right. Life is good now. Life is good. And my problems today are good problems to have. Like, yeah problems and places I used to not have places. And yeah, I'm, I'm sure you can identify with that. And, um, also I wanted to talk about 
the the podcast you put out the initiative mm-hmm. podcast mm-hmm. and where could people find that and also give us maybe a little <laughs> synopsis because i don't quite remember what was said but it was enough to inspire me that day and the next morning i woke up at like 5 30 in the morning for whatever reason <laughs> and i was i took a shower and i got after it and i'm sure it, it had a lot to do with the the episode but i don't today remember what it was that i that I heard other than you guys making these grandiose plans and saying like, we're going through with it. And the name was the initiative podcast. Yeah. And it was all about taking the initiative. And yeah. I was all for it. I was like, these, these guys got, got the right idea and I need to get my, step my game up. Right. Yeah. Well, it's on SoundCloud. You can look it up. It's the initiative podcast. We did one episode. Um, and then didn't have any more initiative. Uh, we just gave up on the dream, I guess, you know, we went, we had other things to be doing. No, I don't know. It just, it wasn't really, uh, I guess neither one of us. Well, really what happened is I think we both hate the sound of our own voice. Mm. So I like you had texted me about it or we had talked about it last week and I like tried to go back and listen to it. I made it like 30 seconds in, really? shut it off. I can't do it. Mm. Uh, so I couldn't tell you what it's about. I mean, generally I could probably tell you it's about like cleaning up your act and getting your life together beyond sobriety, right? Like. Um, I guess just bringing some order into your life and, and finding a direction and going with it. Um, but yeah, man, I can't tell you what it's about or what we said. I loved, I remember it being thinking you guys are very well-spoken and this is a great message and everything about it was enough to inspire me to do something different the next day. No. Yeah. That's great. Thank you for saying that. Hence the, (coughs) the show that has become something that Drew and I treasure is a direct result of, of taking the initiative and, and seeing people who I know doing something, I don't know. It was just, it was inspiring enough to, to turn the tides for me. Yeah. I think what happened was I was, um, kind of going through it at the time and, um, I just, um, left a relationship. So I was really just kind of feeling rough and raw and wanted to find a way to, I guess, just pick myself up and, and find another direction. And so, so yeah, I was just trying a lot of things and trying to figure out who I am outside of this. So that this relationship was started in, in rehab. Um, and so I, I, not only did I not know who I was, I just didn't know who I was as a sober single guy with time. Right. So I, I've got time under my belt. I've got, I felt like I had the world at my fingertips. Um, and I just didn't know what to do with all of that. And so I just started trying all sorts of stuff and fell in love with it. I just kind of fell in love with trying new things and figuring out who I am and what I like, what I don't like. And, um, I think that podcast was kind of a result of, of Sam and I going through similar things, but I think we both kind of have an affinity for just maximizing just for me. Like, I feel like I've given, I've been given a a second shot at life. Right. So, so to sit here and squander it and, and sit back and, um, I think I'm just terrified of not being all that I can be. Right. I feel like I've got a lot to offer and a lot to live. And so I don't know. I, I think it, it lit a fire under my ass to go, be everything I can be and do everything I can do. And, um, I guess just recharge my life, I guess. And, and man, it worked cause I had a great time and figured out a lot of stuff. And, um, it's great to hear that it helped other people. There's been a couple other people come up to me that said that podcast really 
change some stuff for me. Um, so that's great. But again, I haven't listened to it since the day we did it. Uh, but we did, you know, we talked about going skydiving. We did that. I think we did a lot of the things that we were talking about on there and, and still do like Sam and I, um, (laughs) he at the time wasn't that into fitness. He was just kind of dipping his toes into fitness and we ran a 5k together and man, that guy's a, a machine nowadays like that. He found his thing. Um, I don't know if I have something quite like that. Um, but I've just found a lot of things that I like that I didn't know that I liked. And I think there's something to be said for trying a lot of things to figure out who you are. So I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting. You said that cause, uh, our last episode, we, we had a lot of, um, we, we talked about kind of that hunger for, for life, for people, in their twenties, pretty much just young, younger people and recovery and that, that like motivation from that second chance. Mm-hmm. Um, like for me, I felt like, you know, I got sober when I was 26. So I felt like I had a lot of time to make up for, you know, yeah. like I, you know, I've always felt this like potential to do whatever I want. And now that I have like that, that freedom and all the things that have come with, uh, recovery, you know, for me, sometimes it gets overwhelming. Yeah. Like, like you said, you had all these different things you wanted to try. Um, and then I feel like I end up spinning as many plates as possible. (laughs) And then I'm like, I don't know really which direction to go. So I guess a question would be for you is, uh, like, how was that for you and how, how, if you have smoothed that out to like where you've found kind of like what really truly means something to you and like what's actually like a passion. Yeah. I think it can be overwhelming. Like I've definitely had times in my life where I'm overwhelmed and there's after that podcast, I think, yeah, I took on, like you said, a lot of my plate. I, I took on like, I mean, I was working full time, going to school full time. And then I'm taking on like side projects where I was helping someone. There was like a this recovery high school project that was going on. I'm was getting involved in that and I'm trying to have a girlfriend and I'm trying to have friends and go to AA at the same. It was just a lot, man. So I, um, I think for being overwhelmed is like get a lot on your plate and see what you can handle. And it's probably going to stress you out. But I think there's something to be said for finding out what your potential of your potential is, right? How much can you handle? And then doing right below like that, that capacity, right? Because for me, like I would rather be operating right under, I just want to find out what I can handle and then do a little bit less than that. So I don't feel overwhelmed. Um, but yeah, I think, I think young people, I think Jordan Peterson is actually talking about this, like find out how much you want to work, how much stress you might be able to tolerate and then go right under that. Um, but you're not going to know unless you try. So pick up side projects, go do hobbies, go expand your life and see what you can take on. Um, cause otherwise you might not find out, but I think, um, to answer your question a little bit for me, like I need to find out basically a, a value hierarchy. Like what is, what's important to me and what do I want to spend my time doing? Um, something recently I've been trying to focus on is, just realizing how short life is, right? Like I, I got this, uh, I'm sh- you guys might've seen it. It's like a calendar. Basically it's, um, it's a 52 by 90 grid. 
and each there's a boxes and each box represents a week of your life until you're 90 years old. So you go through and mark out every box and you can see, okay, well, this is how much time has passed since I was born. And this is how much time I have left until I'm 90. And for a guy like me and, and my risk profile, like 90 is probably, you know, a little, little excessive. I might not live that long, but putting it into perspective, like, okay, okay. Like I've got this many weeks left. Um, so what am I going to do with it? What am I, what am I valuing today? Like, am I going to value time with my family or time with my friends or this hobby or, um, am I going to sit on the couch? And it's, it's hard for me to look at that calendar and say like, okay, I'm going to be complacent today. Um, or, and something else that I kind of look at is, okay, well, my parents, like they're, you know, 30 rows below me. Like they don't have that much time either. Like, um, so I don't know. I think putting putting my time here in perspective, saying, okay, well, it's it's very limited. So asking myself, what do I want to do with it, and what's important to me? And and nowadays, it's been really spending time with my friends and family, and and trying to grow spiritually. Those things I think for me are are top of the list. I like you know I have hobbies like. Um, Today, I actually spent most of the day geocaching alone. Uh, and it's like a little treasure hunt that you do. And uh, it's kind of weird, but I love it. Like it's, a, I can spend out time, spend time outside and, and um, kind of have like a little mission, but uh, I just love it. And I like doing it with people, but it's also nice to just to get some time alone. Um, but anyway, I hope that kind of answers the question yeah, of, no, of it did. How, to, how to figure out what you want to do i guess just you have to ask yourself some serious questions and be really honest with your answers right yeah when you were talking I, it made me think how like that hunger for life i think us as uh alcoholics or addicts have like this power that we were born with almost and it's like in the beginning we used it for evil and like now we have a chance to to use it in our you know in our benefit right be obsessed with something yeah and it's like I think sometimes that's where it gets overwhelming because it's just like, okay, I've gotten so much back from my from my life and so much more. How much more can I get back? You know, almost right. like that just turned into grind mode because I used to be the complete opposite. I used to be lazy and not do anything. And now it's just like I I love staying busy. I love like getting things done and progressing. And I think that's just kind of a cool way to think of it as like uh it's almost like a superpower. Yeah. And something I I think here's the thing, man. Like I'm I'm a young guy. I really don't know jack shit. Like I'm just a guy. Uh but something I I love being busy. But I know I need to kind of be try to grow in areas where I don't really want to grow, right? Like I don't want to sit down and and just spend time and stare at the water. Um but I think doing things that I don't just like recovery. Like there's things I don't want. You were talking about it earlier, Mal. Like I don't really want to go fucking drive the newcomer 30 minutes home, uh, but I'm going to do it. It's not convenient for me, but I'm going to do it because I know I need to similar, similar idea. Like I know that there are personality aspects of, of myself that uh, I should try to expand, right? Like there's certain things I'm strong with and certain things I'm weak with. Um, and it's really uncomfortable to, I don't know, like I'm a high strung individual, so so trying to be more laid back. Um, allow myself to maybe sit on the couch a little bit. Um, although I I'm 
jumping the whole time. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. That's something I've been rattling around recently is like, okay, well, I need to balance myself out a little bit. Um, so it's, I don't know, I'm very hard on myself. So giving myself a little bit of room to uh, to grow in, in areas where I might not want to grow. But that said, yeah, I think it's important for me to keep in mind that I just can't be complacent and can't be, I need to be growing in all areas, not all the time, but you know, I need to be working towards something. Yeah. I think, uh, like you were saying with all the, you know, the ups and downs that come with life and recovery in general, um, you know, me sitting here today in a good mood and, you know, beautiful day outside and, got some gratitude it's like it's easy for me to look back on the whole ride and just enjoy it like yeah. it's it's a it makes life enjoyable like even going through those hard times and then you know coming out the other side and kind of building a track record knowing that you can get through things and yeah just getting stronger and stronger and um that that kind of stuff gets me inspired and especially like sharing stories and hearing other people's stories like yours. Uh, I think it just helps everybody out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And something you said, like knowing what I can handle, like, like I'm recently, maybe the past about a month ago, I was just going through some really tough shit and, um, eating it, man, really not feeling good and, um, kind of losing my mind. So my knee jerk reaction was, Okay, I need to double down on meetings. I need to double down and call my sponsor. I need to go find some service. Um, so I don't know. I think kind of like with the talking about stress, like I'm finding my maxes, like where, you know, what can I tolerate? Um, but yeah, there's always going to be low spots and there's never been a time where like this last little patch I went through is like probably the hardest thing I've had to deal with in recovery. And I know I can handle it and I, I handled it, I think pretty well, um, and got out on the other side and, and life's great now. But, um, yeah, I mean, for new people listening or, or just whoever, like it will get better. And I think your story is probably going to help someone else someday. Um, cause I don't know, there's been people that have told me their stories and it's helped me get through tough times. So I don't know if that makes any sense, but I think finding yeah. my tolerance level for eating shit uh, helped a lot. So you say like maybe for people who don't understand um, the program and like what helping others can do. Like you said, when you're at a low point, you said you needed to double down on meetings and service. If you can in some way describe a change of thinking or behavior or mood if you will once you've kind of started to put in more work that the program like suggests yeah it's not about me anymore man that's that's the biggest change is like if i'm going through it all i'm thinking about is me 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 but i if i go to a meeting there's some guy there with three days sober that is dying he's dying in that chair Going up to him after the meeting and extending my hand and, and talking with him, um, getting into his world, I'm not thinking about me. I'm not thinking about my problems. Um, so it gives me just a breath of relief, just a little bit that I'm not thinking about me. 
Um, so in that way, it's a little selfish, right? Like, okay, well, I'm helping this person so that I don't think about myself for a few minutes. Um, I think that's all right. Um, but yeah, the, the mindset change has got to be, it's not about me. What can I, I was talking about this in the meeting this morning. Like when I'm wrapped up in me and I'm wrapped up in my problems, like there's no room for anything bigger. Like there's no room for God to be, uh, in the room with me. So I need to just get a little bit out of the way, just enough to let something bigger than me come, come in and come through me. Basically, in other words, like if I'm sitting in a meeting, I'm, I'm thinking about what I can take out of it and, oh, this guy's sharing for too long and this chair is uncomfortable or I'm missing the point. If I'm sitting in a meeting and I'm listening to you and trying to think about how I might be able to help you or what can I bring to this meeting or what can I say to help the newcomer, that's a better place to be at for me. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think that's my natural state. Like that's, that's God working through me. Um, and that's not, it's not me. You know what I mean? Well said. Well said. <laughs> I totally agree. Yeah. That, well, everything you said really got me thinking and especially the, this concept of a weekly calendar showing me <clears throat> how much time I have left You're gonna and how die. much I've used. And yes, I will. And You're so will die. you. And, uh, we talked about this on the last episode and, and what was said was the paradox of, Yes, life is short, but it's also long. Yeah. We have enough hours in the day to to be busy. Like I really thought I spread myself out too thin today to get everything I was planning on doing done. I said yes to this, yes to that, and yes to the other thing. And I didn't think I was going to make it to any of it. Right. And lo and behold, I just keep one foot in front of the other. And here I am right in time doing the thing, going to finish this and go on to the next. And I have time as long as I don't dwell in, in what's what I'm overwhelmed with because I do have a track record of being able to handle everything in front of me as long as I'm doing it in small increments. And and, and what's happened when you can't handle it? It's not that big of a deal. You have to push pe- something back 30 minutes, you can take care of it. Right. And other people give me grace. I don't. I'm the one that's <laughs> right. so hard on myself and thinks like, oh, I'm a screw up. I'm never going to, I'm late to that or I'm not able to handle this when I said I would, but other people understand because internally it feels like you're the world's crumbling down and if you, you fail. Right, right. right. But I haven't. And I, I'm luckily like lucky enough. We we're given second chances, which is why we're all sitting here. And yeah, what were you going to, were you going to say something? No, I, I just, um, yeah, the, the whole like life is short, but it's long. Um, I don't know. I think, for a long time I wanted to be like, and I kind of already talked about it. I wanted to just be hyper productive and hyper achieving and this and that. Um, but I think recently like, man, I just want to be happy. Mm. Right. And I want to help other people be happy. Um, and so what does that look like for me? Like that to me is like helping other people. Right. And just trying to be a part of the, I know we talk about it in AA a lot, like being, um, in the boat and and i think for me like staying close to the program being close to my family being close to my friends that stuff makes me happy um and trying to overcomplicate it and make it this and that and trying to make it all about me like it's a balancing act for sure but i used to think i wanted to be rich and i wanted to have this and that and the other like 
no man, end of the day, I want to be happy. Like I want to look back on my life and be happy with who I was and what I said and what I did. Um, and so that's just a daily commitment to myself and to others to, to be the best version of myself, to be the best Riley and, and bring the best Riley to every situation. Um, so I don't know, that's what I was thinking about. That's great stuff. With that, with that little and, thing. And the, 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 tr- the tough part for me and where I am today is, is finding, finding that equilibrium, finding the balance. I have such a hard time exactly the same way as you where I'm go, 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 go. And then, and then I kind of hit a wall and then I just power through and then, then on to the next day. And it's, it's a cycle I've been on for a long time. This was, um, it's carried through all the years of my life. I'm just wired this way. I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And I almost at times say, you know, right now where I'm at, fuck balance. Like I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm an sure. addict. Like I'm, if I'm in, on, if I'm in on something, I'm, I'm in on something. And if I get, if I'm, I get, um, uh, excited about one thing or another, I, I go all the way. I am like, 100% committed and I get really motivated about it, really excited about it. And I spend all my time invested in it, which is one of my best attributes. I'm really, uh, someone who, uh, who is when I'm passionate, I'm a good guy to have on your team <laughs> right. and it's great, but it's also hard for me sometimes because I don't find the time to take care of myself or I don't find the time to, to do the other things that I'm committed to doing. And, or if I am, I'm, I'm thinking about my head's not there. And so I feel like just, um, what would you say to someone who has this issue with balance? Yeah, man, for me, like, I think something that helps me is a good routine. Um, now my morning routine, not that great, but day to day, like I just got a, a really good routine. I wake up, I prep my food the night before I go to work. I do this, 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 and I've just fallen into this routine and I'm really, really happy about it. And I'm going to fall off of it sometimes, but I know that's my baseline. So I get back to that and things are good. Uh, now that's just for me. I don't know if that would be great advice for other people, but a nice routine helps me I guess find some consistency in this world. Um, and I don't know, I'm, I'm definitely, I've learned that I'm a kind of control freak. (laughs) And so, and that's okay, but I need to know what I can and can't control. Um, I had a sponsor one time we read my inventory and the first thing he said after he goes, is your room clean? I go, yeah. He goes, is your closet? Like, tell me about your closet. Like, is it in order? Everything's hung up. Like, yeah, everything's immaculate. He goes, yeah, it's a control thing, man. And he goes into this whole thing and it's, it always stuck with me because he's right. Like I, I naturally feel like I have no, like less control over my life, over the world. And that's true. Like I'm just a guy, I'm not that powerful. Um, and so, so I, but I can't control my little world. Um, I can make sure my house is put together. I can make sure I have a routine and, um, that's about it. Right. But that helps me kind of have a baseline for my life and I can veer off of that a little bit to try new things. Um, and I have done that, but I think that's kind of where I give myself some balance, right? Like I can, if I feel like I'm off the beam in one way or another, I can make tweaks to that, that routine, but that helps me a lot. If that makes sense. I think, uh, 
the ego for me is like what gets in the way of my mm. balance. Yeah. Cause like what, how Mal was saying, had all these various events going on in a day and you try to plan them out accordingly. And, um, I mean, for me, if I'm not just like focused on what I'm doing right there, you know, just thinking of like, okay, if I'm done here at like four thirty, like I, that is how my mind works. Like I think of what time I'll be done with this and what time I'll be there, how long that's going to take. And it just takes me out of the moment. And I, I'm not, enjoying what i'm doing even if it's work you know even if it sucks it's like i think a lot has to do with um where i'm at spiritually that day because you know if i'm right with you know my energy is matched with the universe that day then it doesn't matter like i'm i'm okay i'm content with whatever time i'll be at this place you know what i mean and that's something that i've kind of learned um, in recovery because, you know, before I was, do you want to tap that sure. side button for me? My bad. I thought I was on silent. No, I was just going to say like before recovery, I was just like, um, couldn't wait to get to the next thing. Like I could not wait to get off work so I could smoke a blunt, <laughs> you know? And like, now I'm just like, I'm here. And I'm like, I'm okay with like whatever I'm doing. And I don't know, I think that th- that has a lot to play with um, my balance in my life. Yeah. And I think having that like, okay, I got to do this and then I got to leave at this time to get here at this time. I think that's fine. Like, I think that's healthy. But when I, that's all I can think about. That's when it goes into overdrive and that's unnecessary. So I think for me, like having that plan, right? Okay. I figured it out and I can stop thinking about it now. Um, and like what you were talking about with the ego, like, okay, at this place that I'm currently at, like, I now need to see what I can add. Same thing with a meeting, same thing with work, same thing with hanging out with friends or family. What can I add? Um, and that helps me get back into the moment and stop thinking about my plans and my designs. Because like you said, like when I'm thinking about all my plans and designs, like that's when I'm not in the moment, right? Like I'm trying to play God essentially. Faux show. Yeah, I think that that uh, routine is what I'm missing. I'm I'm mm. one who's addicted to spontaneity. Mm-hmm. I am just like, it, and it's funny though because my days are pretty much all the same, <laughs> different variants. But I wake up thinking, huh, I wonder what today's gonna bring. Right. And and it's funny though because I typically end up at the same coffee shop, going to the same meetings, talking to the same people, doing the same stuff that I did the last week, and. I think this like illusion of chaos for me is something that I thrive. <laughs> You're addicted thrive to with. chaos. Yeah, I'm addicted to chaos, and and I love um, not being committed to any one thing. Mm-hmm. It's just maybe I have commitment issues too. It feels free, right? Partially, yes, and and like maybe there's like some uh, s- some level of c- control in that too. Being able to say no to other stuff because I right. don't know what's going to happen, or or being able to say yes to things because. I don't have a plan. I don't have a set schedule. And, um, yeah, so that's something that I may need to work on Put and a little order in your life. I have acknowledged. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's funny you said that. Cause earlier I was working and the plan was to have you come over and no offense to you, but Mal was like, uh, trying to figure out what time we're going to be here. So to do this. And I'm like, dude, I don't know. Like, 
and I'm in my head like, okay, four thirty, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and then I was like, dude, and then like things come up. I'm like, I don't know, like maybe we should just do it tomorrow, another day. And then Mal goes, dude, can we just commit to this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> and in my head, I'm just like, I wanted just to text back, no, yeah. I don't want to commit yeah. to this, like. Fuck that. Um, no, it's funny. But you say it works that. out, you know. Yeah, the the commitment thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I get that for sure. Because it feels great to just be this Forrest Gump feather in the wind thing. Uh, but it also feels great to be the Lieutenant Dan Destiny side of things. Um, but like we were talking about earlier, I think finding the balance is important, right? Like part of parts of my life are like that feather, but other parts of my life are. I think need a little bit more order and um, but going on that commitment thing, like I was sorry, was going to therapy and we're talking about commitment issues, right? Naturally talking about relationship stuff. And I go, no, you know, I don't have, you know, I've had girlfriends before. Like I don't have commitment issues and we're talking. I'm like, you know, it kind of makes sense. And we talk some more and I'm like, you know, maybe I do have commitment issues. By the end of the session, I'm like, I fully have commitment issues and need to resolve this. And we got it all worked out, but something that I don't know, and maybe this is just me, but I go, all right, so how do I solve this? And he's like, well, you just commit, man. You just commit to somebody. And I go, what do you mean by that? He goes, well, you like figure out if you want to be with this person. And then once you decide that you just commit to them and i'm like mind blown at this very simple thing like okay you just commit to somebody and or something and and that's that and you don't try to talk yourself out of it and um so i don't know i always think that's was a hilarious session because it was not what i was planning but along the the lines of like um plans with friends or this and that like i think there's a degree of like fear of missing out and maybe this other plan is going to be better um, and this is going to sound corny, but I think wherever you go, like that's where you're supposed to be. Like whatever plans mm. you end up doing, if it sucks, that's on you, man. Like I could go take a walk in the park and it's a great day. Like it could be fantastic if I'm in the right headspace. I could go on the same walk in the park and be thinking about what everyone else is doing and all they're all having more fun. But I think it's a matter of like you were talking about earlier, Drew, like where am I spiritually and and am I making a decision to like be where my feet are at? Um, but I've always been the guy that's like, whatever I'm doing, like it's a waste of my time if I'm not having a hell of a lot of fun. So you'll find me singing and dancing in the, you know, in the store or walking down the street or whatever, because my time's really important to me. And if I'm not, I don't know. I just, I think I'm generally a sillier kind of guy and uh, it's important to me to have fun, whatever I'm doing. Um, but I don't know. That's what I was thinking with the, the commitment thing. Wow. Yeah. And the plans that's, is have fun, whatever you're doing, man. Cause amen. it is like, that's life. Like, amen. <laughs> amen, brother. No. And, uh, that commitment thing is just a completely foreign concept to someone like me. <laughs> and it's so funny too. Well, also Forrest Gump is my all time favorite movie. Oh. So that's great. You made that, that reference. And I was playing golf with a newcomer. Not today, which I did, but yesterday. Oh, look at this guy. And uh, as I'm playing, you know, I told him he, he played in college. I said, I, I'll take all the pointers you can give me, please. Wow. And so I say, you know, my putting is just atrocious and please give me some guidance. And so he, he looks at my putt and he goes, oh, wow, you must have commitment issues. And I go, 
<laughs> well, uh, yeah, probably. Dick. And he's like, yeah, I mean, man, like you got to follow through. You got to, you got to, fin- you know, you, you line up and you got to commit, you know, make the putt. And, mm. and it was just, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Like he knows golf much better than I know golf, but he knows nothing of recovery or <laughs> anything to do with like getting his life together. It's like, yeah. he's got so many issues too, but like he was right. I'm not committing to sinking the putt. I, I, I choke 85% of the time. You know, I occasionally will, will make something and it's, I feel lucky every time I do, cause I don't commit and it, mm. it really is the, the, it's funny. He said that. Yeah. You know, I've always been, like I was saying earlier, like I thought I didn't have any commitment issues. Um, specifically, I've been talking about like romantic relationships. And it just, I don't know. I think it's just a fucking decision. It's the same thing. Like I'm making a decision every day to be sober. Like I'm going to mm-hmm. make a decision to commit to this. Um, I don't know. It's a funny thing because naturally, like I second guess myself and I like try to make problems and I try to, I'm a, a real loony kind of guy and make problems out of thin air and same thing goes in my life and my recovery like things could be great man and nothing could change day to day but i'll find a problem in there if i'm not spiritually fit like i will believe me something's gonna be messed up someone's gonna look at me wrong and so it's on me to stay spiritually fit and stay on that beam and try to be you know the fun loving guy that i that i am and not be in my head and in my feelings and um i don't know that's what I was thinking. I think uh, with uh, the commitment chatter, um, <laughs> for me, I I uh, think I'm an addict, mm-hmm. and I like to feel good. Mm-hmm. And like the FOMO thing is huge for me. Always has been. I think from a young age, I just needed to be a part of. And if my friend wasn't coming over to stay at night, I was discontent. You know what I mean? So. It is, it is, uh, kind of snowballed into my life today. And, um, oh, where was I going? I had something real good. A jewel. A jewel. You had a jewel for us? Yeah, I had a jewel. I thought you were talking about vapes. No, man. no, no. Jesus. Crossroads. <laughs> Must have gone to crossroads. I had a jewel to lay down. No, but, uh, oh, yeah. So when I, I was actually talking to, um, a guy we all know um, through that program. And, you know, I, something I really lacked in my life was integrity, mm-hmm. like that commitment to your word, um, was awful for me, you know, and being able to build that integrity up makes commitment more of a, like something that you like actually want to strive for. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like committing to something go like, going through with it and then like seeing the result from it, like it actually like kind of like gives you this sense of like pride in a good way. And I think that's something that you don't see when you, when you first decide you should commit to this because you just, you're afraid of like what's going to come from it. You know, you're afraid you're going to miss out on something, but like you were saying earlier, like I think everything does happen for a reason and every moment of your life, you're supposed to be there. Yeah. And that's just a perspective that you can choose to have. Exactly. But it's a choice to make that. Right. Sorry to cut you off. You're good. No. And that's pretty much it. I was just saying how like, it's kind of like with everything, like you, you put in the work and eventually, um, you kind of see what has come out of that, that commitment, that work you've put in and you kind of just feel good about it. Yeah. 
And I think integrity, like doing the right thing, regardless of how you feel or, or whatever is in front of you. Um, basically I just made me think about like when I first got sober, like I never set out to be like, all right, I'm going to stay sober the rest of my life. Like I just wanted to stop getting fucked. I wanted to be happy, man. And, but I think somewhere along the line, you make the commitment of, okay, I'm, this is what my life's going to look like, generally speaking. And having the integrity and the wherewithal to, to stick with that when things are tough, because things are going to get tough. Um, you know, things, things happen. Like people die, you go through shitty situations and you need to have the, the network set up and the life set up to tolerate that. Right. Like if I didn't have the people I had in my life, I didn't have my friends. I didn't have my sponsor. I wasn't going to meetings. Like when shit's hitting the fan, I don't have that net underneath me to catch me to say, okay, well, I need to be doubled down on meetings and call my sponsor, yada, yada. Um, but I think having the, that network, and I don't really know how I got on this from the integrity and, and uh, <laughs> commitment, but I think, like I was saying, when I'm first getting sober, like just having a little bit of hope that things might get better and, and life might get better is key. And if you don't have that hope or that faith, you can borrow it from someone in the room because there's a reason. I mean, people don't just show up to AA for the coffee, right? people don't just get sober to get sober. Like there's something there. Right. And so if you're not, if you can't sit back and be like, all right, well I'm thrive. Like my life's great. I'm thriving in every area. Then like maybe there's something for you in AA or in recovery. I don't know how I got there, but there's beautiful, a jewel for you. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> well, on the topic of uh, integrity and commitment, I have a, uh, made a commitment to meet my mother for dinner at five thirty, and it is now five thirty-three. <laughs> so no matter what I'm late and uh Riley I do want to thank you for coming out yeah, here man. and and being enthusiastic about this and super grateful to have you on and um that was a beautiful episode I will certainly get a lot out of it as I listen to it at some point in my journey and <laughs> uh I would like to give gift you with a, a parting gift here. We've never done this, but if we had talk now, cry later apparel or coffee mugs, we would give it to you. <laughs> but because we only have Kansas city clippers, beautiful coffee mugs. I have one for you. Oh um, my God. It must be hand washed. Cause if you put it in the washing machine, um, that wow. happens. So got it. Here it is. Wow. Thank it's, you so much. Yes. No yeah, problem thanks for having me, man. I had a great time. Great. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I don't know if you have any final thoughts or if you guys want to keep chopping it up, that's fine. I just have to go meet my mother. All right, buddy. I think it's a good stopping point. Thank you, Riley. Yeah, man, thanks. Um, it's a beautiful day outside. It's a beautiful day to be alive and sober. And uh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Love you. <laughs>